0: Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Andy. And this is Streaming Things, the only podcast we're pretty sure that brings you the best, the brightest, the strangest, the sexiest TV shows and film properties available to stream right from your home. In an ocean of streaming networks vying for your attention, we are your lighthouse, your beacons of broadcast, your curators of content. Soup to nuts. And we are sans Steve again. The dick and balls of Streaming Things is missing. We have been uh, castrated. castrated. There it is. I almost said cuckolded. <laughs> <laughs> way different. Someone's fucking Steve. <laughs> Making us watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. If you're new to the show and uh, offended, then you should probably turn it off because we can't help ourselves. Uh, we tried to stream live on various other platforms. We got, we got suspended <laughs> just for talking the way that we talk. So that will no longer be happening. <laughs> we are sorry. You may also notice that the uh, not only the content is lesser, but the audio, <laughs> <laughs> the audio quality without Steve, and therefore well, we can't really do anything about that. He's Dude, not here.
1: I'm crushing it. I, I'm, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. So I, I had a little little flub in in the uh, outro music on the last episode. But other than that, I felt like I did okay. Yeah, I thought it was great. It's just different, you know. Yeah. I'm just yeah. I'm
0: saying it in advance. We touching stuff. <laughs> Don't do it. You're not Steve. You can't hit buttons.
1: Uh,
0: you know, just in case that they notice any kind of discrepancy. Hey, stick around. Steve will come back eventually. He just had to go uh, gallivanting is what we like to say here. Also, he has a job. That's West where,
1: Coast wandering. Yeah. Steve May 13. Can't tell him where he's at. Yeah.
0: I think he's actually back, but he's recuperating from a long flight, which uh, when you fly east, I don't know if you guys know this, scientifically speaking, it's, it's more... Uh, It's more of a hassle it's more of more taxing on your mind and body That's where the jet lag jet lag is much worse flying east did you know that i did yes i think it has something to do with the sun meridians (laughs) (laughs) shoot for fly west and keep going it's never nighttime that's true i guess super true or we could go to space you could (laughs) (laughs) one could (laughs) nowadays three billionaires have gone Anywho, so we've got an action-packed show for you today. I actually always say that, and sometimes
1: it's not true. I feel like you should just in every episode be like, "I got the best goddamn show ever." Should we start over? No. Okay, we're, hold we're on. just start over.
0: Hold on, you can fix this in post.
1: <laughs> I got the best
0: goddamn show ever in yes. store for you guys. Me, Chris, I planned it all on my own, and then Andy's here. Yes, I am. Uh, we, d- we did watch uh, quite a few things uh, quite a, a number of really good films came out last week we're just kind of going to because it's just the two of us betwixt the two of us we're going to riff uh, and talk at length about some of these films that we enjoyed elements that we enjoyed and uh, if there's going to be spoilers we'll, we'll have Andy press one of Steve's buttons and, and warn you about that but maybe he won't do we don't know if we're going to do that we don't know if we have time for that yeah uh, but, but yeah. beyond, you can email the show at streamingthingspod at gmail.com that's streamingthingspod at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter at StreamThingPod. That's Twitter.com slash StreamThingPod. If you want to view it on your fucking browser <laughs> like a weirdo. <laughs> you can subscribe to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash StreamingThings. That's Patreon.com slash things. There's a variety of rewards available there, including extra content. And we know everyone these days loves content. Uh, this month, we still have to watch I believe what I believe Will be Twilight. Yeah, it looks like you're going, you're back to back, my dude. I'm back in a good horse. So I knew I knew that was it. I had that one in the in the bag. I mean, as soon as you said Twilight, yeah, that's the one horrible. people are going to want to subject us to. Jokes mm. on them. My uh, Kristen Stewart mania is such that I will thoroughly enjoy Twilight. And I'm Team Jacob all the way. So a funny funny thing happened. Um, I had a, a person that I admire greatly uh, downloaded one of my TikToks, took the effort to to share it on their Twitter feed. Uh, which tickled me to death. And so because of that, my wife was happy for me and she doesn't really browse social media very often. Uh, And she looked at like one of her burner Twitter accounts that she never looks at. Like, oh, that's cool, baby. I'm going to go look at it. I'm going to like it. That's neat. And, you know, whatever. For whatever reason, she started kind of scrolling through my feed, scrolling through my likes, right? I'm not ashamed of any of it, but Mm -hmm. she's like, honey. And I was like, what? She's like, you have to chill. And I was like, chill about what? She's like, I know you love Kristen Stewart, but like, There's just tons of Kristen Stewart stuff. It's all it is. And I just think it's maybe you need to chill a little bit. And I had to tell her, you know, because I love her. That's the, you know, the mother of my child. She's my wife. We're going to be together through thick and thin. But I'm not going to chill. I'm not going to chill. There's nothing I can do about it. First of all, it's not even my fault. Kristen Stewart's amazing. She is. I didn't choose that. The Thug Life, the Case Two Life chose me. <laughs> the Thug Life, chose you. <laughs> and algorithmically speaking, because I liked some Kristen Stewart things, it's just presenting me with all the Kristen Stewart things. Oh yeah, you're in your own little Case Two echo chamber right now. It I is. Like yeah. It. And there's, what am I going to do? Not like it? Lie to yeah. the internet? Of course I like
1: it. I like it so much. That
0: photo's amazing. <laughs> Heart. I don't lie. Friends don't lie. We learned that here on this show. That's true. So I want to tell tell that story because everybody knows Kristen Stewart's the patron
1: saint of streaming things. I will say she's... So, um, spoilers for my crossing streams, I did watch Twilight. So when we we talked about um, watching, potentially watching uh, Twilight as our uh, Robert Pattinson themed uh, Patreon episode, and I mentioned to my girlfriend that I had never seen Twilight. I, I basically just missed like the late 2000s somehow. Uh, and like, I didn't honestly know like what I know that there's vampires and werewolves and there's a love story. And I guess that's really all there is to know. But um, she was like, what? And so I've been watching it ever since then. It's probably the only thing I've seen case do and where I've been like, wow, you're not doing very good there. You know,
0: I take issue with that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an awkward performance. There's a lot of, there's a lot of choices, Uh, And mannerisms that are easy to mock and are fun to do, right? I get that. But a lot of people argue, and I've never read the books, but a lot of people argue that she is merely presenting uh, a a character of a a very awkward character that was presented in the books. Mm -hmm. You know, she's just doing what's on the page, which is extremely cringy. And she's cringing it on screen to represent what's in the book. And that may be true. So sure. I just want to present like a, a defense of because I, I made a, a video some months ago about, hey, if you hate this performance, you should check out 30 of her other films because she's incredible. Mm. And somebody, uh, multiple people popped up. She's even good in that. It's just she's doing the character and the character is awkward. <laughs> character, it sucks. Character yeah, sucks. <laughs> exactly. So, you know,
1: that, that, that may be a thing that's true. I just want to throw that out there. The character has no characterization. She yeah. Is a girl that pines.
0: And, and Robert Pattinson even is has some really, really awkward choices in those Mm -hmm. movies. And he has been on record. I don't know if you've heard this story and I don't even know if I'm going to tell it accurately. There's some huge Twilight fans out there that could write into the show and correct me, but apparently he was doing something early on in the filming and the director literally stopped and pulled him to the side. And he's, he's been very vocal and laughed about this and said, whatever you're doing, if you don't stop, you're off this movie. Wow. And like it was bad, you know what I mean? Like you need to totally undo whatever like he was just playing it so morosely and or you know, he needed to smile more, be more teen lovey or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Uh anyway, it's an awkward story because she's 17 and he's like 200. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 108. I know that now. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. There you go. Uh anyway, uh th- I think that'll be a fun time though. If, th- if that does end up winning the Patreon poll, Um, then, then we'll have a gas and we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll have a good time,
1: but find out what I can see on the second viewing. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: I've seen it six or seven times myself. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) And that's a story I'll tell on the Patreon episode. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I, if you want to be a part of that kind of journey. Uh, part of those decisions what movies we watch and talk about on our in our free time you can join the patreon we would very much appreciate that it also helps keep the lights on keep our amc stubs a-list memberships our blu-ray purchases our uh, netflix subscriptions which continue getting more and more expensive uh and and you know maybe eventually even help support us a little bit and uh give us more time to do extra episodes that's kind of a carrot on a stick for those that love us right? right oh yeah absolutely Also, uh, it's worth mentioning again that uh, Stranger Things Season 4 will be dropping. uh, It is uh, mid-March now, so we got a what, two months, maybe two and a half months? Yeah, yeah. Left on the the long trudge that we've been on, waiting for the next season. So we'll get the first half of Season 4 on May 27th, and then the second half of Season 4 on July 1st. So we'll be back to our our old shenanigans in just a couple
1: months. So do you think we're going to get another, like, time period uh or i shouldn't say time period like holiday themed episode because like we got the it dropped around july 4th last or for season three right and it was set around the fourth of july shenanigans in hawkins we're gonna get that again what happens on prior to that it was halloween may 27th season two was halloween right uh I, i don't think so i mean what
0: would there be mother's day maybe get a little mother's day action we do love joyce we do that's so. true. Could be Joyce Byers uh Mother's Day Bonanza.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is there any cool 80s horror films that are based around Mother's Day?
1: Maybe Misery? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Misery Misery definitely takes place in the winter or at least it starts in the winter. He ends up stuck in well, the Are you the sure house it's not, not just me-
0: the summer of a uh a snowy area? Like uh, Minnesota or I've never been to Minnesota. Minnesota. I know it's very cold there. You know, oh, happy Mother's Day. Oh, geez, I wish it wasn't so cold out here. I'm sorry to any Minnesotans listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I watched a lot of Fargo, and I very much enjoy that accent. Uh, I don't know, man. I have to. I don't think there's any really good holidays to base that around. I'm not going to lie. Okay, so we're moving past it. Yeah, we're moving past it. Yeah, moving past Shows that. evolve. Back to season one roots. Uh, but I'm very excited to see what the Duffer Brothers have been up to. Um, also, next week, I assume, we'll be talking about Everything, everywhere, all at once, the new Daniels film. Is that a is safe that, assumption? Is that out next week? It drops on March 25th. Now, ticket sales are not still not available Available
1: on, on AMC. I'm very shooketh and, and weirded out by that. I've checked a couple of times, and it's kind of making me wonder if it's coming to the theaters near us. I, I mean, would... we got the Esquire, if if nothing else. Yeah, but I mean, still have it. it
0: might not even be like a Midwest release, which will be very painful to me. Oh, no. So we'll have to do some more research on that. I don't know if it's available in any theaters near us. That rarely happens, but it does sometimes happen. I don't remember the last film that that happened to, but it was uh, it was a big one, and I was pretty upset. So, Also, if you subscribe to the Patreon, we could move to a bigger city. Maybe uh, have a better chance to... Go to some New York premieres or something. Now, we'd have to have a lot of patrons to do that, but <laughs> we'd people. be willing. So tell your friends. Patreon.com slash streaming things, baby.
1: So Chris and Andy to New York. Subscribe
0: for $3,000 a month for the New York move <laughs> tier. <laughs> we could be roomies. That's the reward for that. <laughs> if you want Chris as your roomie.
1: Find out about my hummus. I'm a hell of a roommate. I make the best hummus.
0: <laughs> that would be such an awkward breakfast in the house. Two awkward breakfasts. The first one would be weird, right? Hey, man. Like the kind of person that would pay me thousands a month to live with them, right? Probably yeah. not great. Yeah. Like there'd be some feet pics involved, I'd assume. Oh, yeah. But, which is fine.
1: The awkward the breakfast would be awkward because you would be what's for breakfast.
0: But then the last breakfast is what would be even more awkward. When I wake up. He unsubscribed. I that they've unsubscribed <laughs> <laughs> and what that means. <laughs> Oh no, I have to leave. <laughs> hey man. I noticed your <laughs> subscription wasn't re Did you change cards or something? Oh. <laughs> you found a an- There's another guy in there. What's up man? I'm the host of Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Oh, what's up? Anyway, oh, that's another good show that I know about. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's oh. been a rough week for me. I'm not going to lie. I got deathly ill on Wednesday. Uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of things coming out of various places, and I was very scared. Hmm. I took two COVID tests. Uh, th- that, at least, was good news. Both were negative. Um, however, whatever it was, stomach flu, not have sure. Have you already
1: had COVID twice?
0: I have. Yeah, I'm a, uh, the two-time champion yeah. of yeah. COVID. COVID has Tracking. tried twice to defeat me. Back to back. Uh, and I have won on both counts, <laughs> Chris two COVID zero. That's what I'm saying. COVID uh, <laughs> <laughs> nineteen. So funny. It's not. It's probably inappropriate. <laughs> that's why we can't be places. <laughs> that's why we can't have nice things. Uh, so yeah, that's that happened, and so I missed. You know, th- there was no gym outings. I didn't work, um, and even movies. Like I did watch a lot of stuff, but I could have watched more. But it was like this uh, monkey's paw kind of situation where. I thought, oh, this is great. I have endless time to watch things. But I was so ill that I couldn't even focus on watching things. Oh, I get that. And that was upsetting. I couldn't, like, look at my phone because my head hurt so bad. And I just ended up staring at the wall and moaning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's when I end up, like, re-watching things. You know what I mean? Like, comfort food kind of stuff. Yeah, I like- would
0: turn things on and just, like, hearing it in the background was nice. Mm-hmm. In and out of consciousness. But... I even played something I'd never, I'd never, I was I tried to finish station 11. That's is a phenomenal show on HBO, but I was only, I'd only watched the first two episodes. So I pressed play on episode three It immediately felt terrible. And so I just went in and out of consciousness on the couch and like, so I've seen bits of like episode six and nice. <laughs> this is a terrible situation. I'm in now. Um, I didn't know it was the kind of streaming service that like auto played. So I kept waking up like, Oh no. Oh, that character's back. Uh. <laughs>
1: I thought he was dead. It was the mother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, anyway, that does my week.
1: How has your week been, Andy? My week was pretty good, man. I uh, have been doing a little bit of catch-up on some streaming stuff, which has been wonderful. Um, I have been uh, doing a hell of a lot of just, like, home cleanliness things. It's starting to be that time of year. Um, spring cleaning. Spring cleaning, although it is fucking – it is incredible, like, stepping outside. Here in the greater Cincinnati area, like, it – it might be snowing when we step outside and after a while it might be a thunderstorm or it might be a fucking sauna. Uh, but so I, uh, have bought all the stuff and I'm prepping for next weekend. I'm going to be installing a fan in my bathroom, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty fucking excited about that. And I'll let you know how much of a, uh, travesty it ultimately becomes. I was really proud of myself. I got on my own roof, uh, the other day, which is big for me because I'm fucking terrified of heights and ladders, especially, And I was like, I have to order this fucking soffit vent or I can't do this shit this weekend. And I can't tell my friends that are coming to help me. Like, sorry, guys, I'm really scared of ladders. So I couldn't get up there to measure the soffit. So I didn't order the thing. So I actually did it and uh, climbed up onto my roof and measured this thing. And I I was just like, all right, don't be a pussy. Come on, let's fucking go. Grab my ladder, climbed up there. I'm like, great, measured the thing. And then I stood up. (laughs) <laughs> to try to get back down off of the yeah, roof. get back
0: on the ladder is always the
1: worst part and then my knees start shaking and i get like the vertigo shot like looking down from the height and everything gets all warped i'm like oh no and then i go to put my hands on the ladder I'm like okay don't be a pussy let's fucking do it and i put the ladder on uneven ground so like i put my weight on the ladder a little bit and then it tipped over sideways and i literally went oh no i'm gonna die <laughs> you said that out loud i did um and i i like looked around like as if there's gonna be somebody there to martha help me. i don't know right. if there's a martha nearby yeah, there's probably a martha nearby why did you say that name i looked around and i was like i'm, not, I'm just yeah old lady or did she <laughs> shows up in her back cowl um but no i ultimately was like Okay. And it was a big moment for me. I was just like, okay, man, if you fall, it's fucking like seven feet. <laughs> <Yeah. fine. laughs> but the
0: funny part is Andy's house is not huge. <laughs> right. But it's a nice home and its it can be scary for sure. Yeah. Uh, just tidbit for the future, even people who aren't scared of ladders often have people that, stand on the bottom rung for Mm -hmm. them yeah because ladders ladder ladder stuff happens i've seen lots of videos of ladder things happening and my dad used to make me get on these 40 foot ladders all you know for like six seven stories things like that um like ladder to another ladder type shit Mm -hmm. and uh very upsetting because when you those giant extension ladders the second part is very flimsy and thin and it's so high up once you get to the center it's just like wobbly extremely wobbly like not back and forth but in and out like mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem like it's going to support your weight and then you have to carry stuff up with you a lot of times paint buckets or um bundles of shingles or like 100 pounds you know so mm-hmm. and then my dad's like doesn't want his son to get hurt but at the same time he's got all his co-workers around and stuff so he's like hurry up it's fine you know, kind of thing yeah and uh anyway yeah that was terrible don't yeah, recommend it at that all. sounds
1: terrifying. I didn't used to be afraid of heights, and I don't know what happened. I used to get on my roof at, at my parents' house all the time. I used to get up there for fun. And, like, I, I would hang out on my friend's roofs and go drink beer on the roof and stuff. And, like... I don't know what happened, but it's. I am point, more
0: scared of heights than I was as a kid, as well. Even as a teenager, we used to do cliff jumping and stuff all the time. huh. Yeah. And now, when we went on that hike in uh, Arizona, you were with me. You uh-huh. know, I don't even like when other people stand near the edge. Yeah. You know, what I mean? it makes me nervous. Like I can't even look at them. Much oh, yeah, less, same. I was if like, 10 I get feet near, back. my knees start to shake, and
1: it's the strangest feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, as soon as like me being clumsy is a life or death situation, I'm out. Yeah, because I'm clumsy exactly (laughs) right like i i've tripped on my shoelace on the treadmill and absolutely devastated my hand and i am my i'm forever gonna have a crooked finger because of it because i'm fucking clumsy man and like so yeah like i don't want to go stand on the edge of a cliff if there's a rail there i'm fine you know what i mean because i'm not gonna like oops, and fall over because i can grab the fucking rail but yeah no um i uh almost died is the the way that i'm telling it yeah the narrative and it was epic and like i managed to like parkour my way down because the ladder was all fucked up. <laughs> <Yeah. da-na-na>, da-na. <laughs> and then I got down and I changed my pants. <laughs> but yeah.
0: To relate this to movies, I think this is beneficial though for my enjoyment of the films because the older I get, the more things I experience, the more films are able to affect me instead of vice versa. For instance, like I think I've talked about this on the show before, but I have been skydiving and now you have as well. Mm-hmm. And so when I watch like a Tom Cruise film and he's just flying through the air, that is way more exhilarating having jumped out of a plane yeah. than when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I was like, "Oh, big deal! Jean-Claude Van Damme did it. Arnold Schwarzenegger did it. Everybody jumps out of planes. It probably it looks really fun. Uh, it's it's crazy. The f- yeah. like the, it's crazy, right? <laughs> it so is super. My cool. heart actually like you know I have palpitations and and like shortness of breath watching scenes like that now because sure. I have that that kinetic memory i guess or whatever right yeah you can relate and i've Mm -hmm. had my heart broken i've watched people die life has been lived inside me and so when i watch films (laughs) things affect me more so absolutely yeah that makes sense i can only imagine as a senior citizen the the enjoyment i will get from stories all the memories i will have
1: you watched holes and you're like man i had i had a shovel that's true (laughs) i've dug a hole those poor kids that's difficult so many (laughs) blisters poor stanley I don't know anything
0: about scorpions, but I can Stanley imagine. Stanley Yeah, That's right. <laughs> that's right, baby.
1: It's Stanley front
0: and back. Andy hosel. I think uh, that's about it, right? Yeah, I think so. You can follow me on Twitter personally at, uh, at C. Michael mm-hmm. and Andy. Still at Andy most days. Yeah, most days and every day. It's Andy most days. And you can follow Steve, who's not here, but he's a wonderful person, and he's actually much better on Twitter than either of us. At SteveMay13. Not 12. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. At Steve May SteveMay13. Full disclosure, I don't actually know Steve May 12.
1: But he uh, has a turtle.
0: He does have a turtle as his profile. We looked him up. Yep. We investigated who beat Steve May. And uh, we didn't like him. So that's, that's about all the business news we have today, if you want to call it such. Now it's time for our first segment, Crossing Streams. Steve's not here to stop us. We can just listen to you shred.
1: Oh, fuck. Yeah. Wait, I thought this was you.
0: That's right. I forgot.
1: Mm,
0: mm, 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 mm. Crossing Streams is the segment where each week we talk about the films and TV shows that we've been streaming since last we met. Andy? Sir. What have you been up
1: to? So, you know, I said that I watched Twilight. I I recall. I watched it on a little streaming service that I discovered. Oh, that's right. It's called Pluto TV. You ever heard of it? I have heard of it because you told it told told me about it. Yes, I did tell you about it, but I'm going to have this conversation again. I'm going to try to recreate it, bro. So I found out about this streaming service called Pluto TV. It's fucking nuts. You don't even make a fucking account.
0: Tell me more, even though they're not sponsoring us.
1: You literally download Pluto TV and you turn it on, and there's a movie there. No, no email. There's a movie there. I like, actually like went. The, I went the, to the, the website. Swedish dude from uh, SLC Punk. It's not it's just, just a movie. There's there's, there's, there's live TV playing. Oh yeah, there's live TV with they channels. Have, they have a shitload of channels um and they have lots of on-demand stuff it's all ad supported and you're gonna watch the same like progressive ads a lot and it's also really janky at times so like they have some ads where they very clearly did like a screen grab of an ad during like a sporting event and so like it does like the picture in picture zoom out that happens during a uh A sporting event where like the sports are happening on the left but the ad is happening on the right so i've seen a tiny piece of a charleston basketball game a (laughs) a number of times and it's like two different ads like cars.com and some sort of like um knockoff version of uh the um uh invisalign it's called like smile or something but so their ads it's just really interesting stuff like it's real shitty real out of focus really poor screen grab and they're like they only paid us fifty dollars for this ad, so we're gonna do it all shitty. Like, I, dude, it's so weird. I, I need to show it to you. It's bizarre, but all is worth say, it. All is to say is that I watched Twilight on there for free because I downloaded Pluto TV. It's on Apple TV Plus. You can also download it on your phone. It's also on Chromecast because I got it in my bedroom as well. Um, You're just all in on Pluto yeah well there's like shit loads of awesome movies on there tonight i'm gonna watch the raid and i'm really excited about that because i've never seen the raid and i'm i love gareth evans other things so i bet that it's gonna be fucking dope it's okay um i would and, let you borrow it and it's uh oh well, thanks man <laughs> um and <laughs> you wouldn't have seen
0: that charleston game
1: but you and there but it's all so shitty i can't even see the score it sucks um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of shit on there that was recently added. All of the Twilights are on there right now. So in addition to watching the first Twilight a few days ago, I watched New Moon last night.
0: As you're going to have to do once you get into that story, brother.
1: Dude, honestly. How does it end? You need to know. It isn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Sure. The experience of Twilight. I was like. Honestly, the last one is pretty good. It's got a good finale. And like we were saying, once you have experience in life, I know what it's like to be in love with a vampire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Same. I, I call her my ex. And also
0: but, sort of be in love with a werewolf. Yeah. What do I do? Cuz I'm into monogamy.
1: Right? Oh no. Oh no. This is conflict. Um but yeah, honestly so far I'm I liking it a lot. I liked New Moon a lot more than uh the First Twilight because it felt like it had stakes. The First Twilight was an interesting exercise in world building but didn't really have a plot. It was essentially just like i'm kind of in love with this vampire dude and uh then there's kind of like sort of randomly a baseball scene that then introduces some other characters and they're like hey we're the bad guys the baseball scene is one of the greatest moments in cinematic history you you had alluded to it and i actually jen i enjoyed it like so one of my one of my biggest issues with it is like the way that they filmed like action and fantastical things like uh, Edward played by Robert Pattinson, Edward Cullen, uh, is a vampire who is supposed to be very, very fast. And when we see Edward running super duper fast, when he's like, here, get on my back. I'm going to carry you like a backpack and I'm going to zip up this mountain. It looks like he is like on a harness, just wiggling his legs. And then they like mapped him into the frame and just zipped him across the screen. It looks fucking dumb. Um, and i'm just like why did you choose that or like when he climbs up like the side of a tree it's like his fingers are barely touching it and he's going and i'm like it could have been really you could have done like this visceral parkour kind of like grounded thing and made it look like he's fantastical instead it looks like you just screen screened him and it looks fucking awful and i'm sitting there like you obviously had the budget to do whatever you wanted. It's fucking Twilight. It's one of the best-selling books of all time. Yeah, and some
0: of the some some of the scenes are really like uh, CW Flash mm-hmm. in the later years, um, but you know, in a fun way. I like CW Flash. I, I even those effects I would say better than this. But yeah. have you seen the newest ones that are viral?
1: no has the, the show gone downhill yeah, i'll I, show
0: you a video clip when we're done
1: i imagine the uh, budget on that show has decreased a bit over it, time somehow it did uh, i'll show you a, a video that went viral it was, it's re- i've
0: never seen the show but it's really funny
1: well it was hot shit for a minute like the whole Arrowverse and things and now arrow is canceled and like the flash is on its last legs and you know, nah. it's just <laughs> let see what it did there <laughs> didn't do it on purpose though um but yeah, man, uh, so new moon, I liked it a lot more. It felt like it had more stakes. There was like a genuine, like semi recreation of, uh, the conceit behind Romeo and Juliet. And they're very on the nose with it. They're like open with, uh, uh, the, uh, death scene that the death monologue, uh, when Romeo discovers that Juliet is he, what he believes to be dead, um, He, uh, it opens with that monologue and then Bella wakes up in bed and there's the copy of Romeo and Juliet sitting next to her. And like, it's super duper on the nose, but kind of, um, without spoiling it, semi recreates the, uh, uh unrequited or forbidden love and uh the confusion between the fates of characters and how that could lead to disastrous results and so it was kind of neat because i'm like hey i know what you're quoting and i know what you're doing and then it's like oh you really want me to know what you're doing there's the book you know and oh now we're in class and we're watching romeo and juliet on tv huh like you're you're really hammering this home just in case any, but, well it's for kids yeah it's for 12 year old girls so you know that's fine um and me apparently but it, it, it was fun watching it with my girlfriend. I'm just sitting there. She was like, all oh, the girls went woo at this point. And I'm like, <laughs> what point? And then, like, it's so funny. Like, the werewolves, like, they, they hulk it every time they turn into a werewolf. And so they never have shirts on. And so it's just, like, Taylor Lautner, like, shredded as fuck, uh, just randomly running around without a shirt for the entire movie. Yeah, man. And I'm just like. Where you been, Loka? Bunch of little girls. Bunch of little girls just, like. Has he said that yet? yes okay yes that's he the best line loca. of all time <laughs> um there was a it, oh and she knows all of these movies like front to back so she's sitting there like quoting it under her breath before a scene happens and stuff but it, it's so adorable because it's my it's like what harry potter is to me this is to her you know sure this, this was her harry potter um so uh It's very funny um, to, like, see all of this through the lens of, like, somehow I, I like, avoided it like the plague back in the day. And now there's, like, this morbid curiosity and finding out that I was kind of missing out. And it's like, oh, dang. You know? Yeah. Um, Which has been fun. Um, Let's see. What else have I been streaming? Oh. um, So uh, another streaming service that I recently acquired, and I think I talked about it on the show, I got Paramount Plus. Um, I think so. You know what just got added on Paramount Plus? I No, because I don't follow Paramount Plus news. The new Scream. Oh, that's how you watch that? Scream 2022. Yes, it, it, it was added to Paramount Plus. And dude, I have to say, that movie fucking rocked. Wasn't it good? I thought that it was going to be schlock. When they announced a new Scream, and I thought that it was a just legacy like sequel or reboot cool or whatever you want to call it, I was like, sweet, fuck yeah. And then fucking Sydney showed up in the trailer, and I was like, god damn it. I'm so sick of it. I'm sick of Sydney. I'm sick of Gale. I'm sick of Dewey's stupid fucking face. And I was just like, "Let's just." Are, well. <laughs> Are you <laughs> ready for
0: this? a <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, <hey>. bullet.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, I, uh, I, I gotta say, like, I was I was genuinely upset that they were just continuing this fucking story, but they paid it off so well because it's so meta, which Scream always has been. It's always been a very meta self-aware show uh, that's like s- funny at times and not always super scary and also kind of mostly just like a who it that also happens to have some gory kills, you know? Um, and they have all of that while also being like a super spot-on social commentary. Uh, and it, it, it's aware of where horror has been moved as a genre while also like stubbornly sticking to what it knows and making it work better than it almost ever has. I would say that this is the best scream since scream and they're both called scream. And I feel like they knew that and they did that on purpose. Um, I just, the only thing that bothered me, otherwise I would call this the perfect scream movie. If I didn't have this dumb fucking scene between Gail Weathers and Dewey, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, David Arquette, Where they're standing outside, and it's like a, hey, let's do this really awkward exposition dump and tear up while we're standing next to our friend's corpse. It's the most bizarre scene. It like it's it's uncomfortable. It's poorly acted. It's poorly written, and like that takes the movie from an A plus to a B plus, like a full letter grade. That one full letter is ten points. Is so bad. Um, but literally everything else about that movie was absolutely fantastic, and uh, I, I'm i disappointed I didn't get to see it in theaters because I feel like the, the theater experience for horror movies is often a lot of fun, and I feel like that that would have been a good one. Uh, I thought that Jack Quaid crushed it. He was a wonderful addition to the uh, to the cast. Most of the other people I didn't really know uh, but Jack Quaid being in there, I was like, sweet, this is going to be entertaining. And it was.
0: This might be a dumb question because Jack Quaid's getting better and better the more I see him. Mm-hmm. By the way, the new the season three trailer for The Boys just dropped. I'm very excited about Ooh, that. I haven't watched that trailer yet. It looks to be uh, much more close to because I've read all the comics. So it looks much more close to what I was expecting. So I'm excited for that. Um, Annie Hussle, this is a dumb question, maybe. I don't know the answer. I'll just put it right out there. Normally, I would pretend mm-hmm. and Google it and say I knew all along, but I don't know. Is he related to Dennis or Randy? Oh, I have no idea. Is he of the
1: Quaid, you know? Oh, shit. So, yes. uh, Quaid species? He is uh, the progeny of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. I didn't know this. There's some acting chops in
0: his uh, lineage, that's for sure. He literally had what she's having. Sort of. I don't get it. That's a... (laughs) That's the movie with the Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan where she's eating the, she's eating food in the diner and he says that women can't fake orgasms convincingly. You don't know this? No. Oh, it's iconic. And then she starts moaning and acting like she's coming and in a very convincing way in this, in this busy restaurant. I've actually been to that restaurant in New York too. Uh, it's good. They got really famous for their, for their pastrami. And uh, <laughs> so any who's, oh, uh, she says, so oh yes, yes, yes. She does this whole charade and then. The, the waiter walks by, and the lady next to her goes, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> it's really funny, especially in the 80s. It's good. Um, so anyway, that was. I, I hate having, I just had to explain my whole reference. So. I, well, it, it worked.
1: <laughs> and it's also like eerily similar to a scene in another movie that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, which is X. Um, there is a, hey, look hey, how yes. good I am at faking an orgasm. I, I thought of that uh, immediately while Did I was you? watching that. Thinking of Billy Crystal while you're watching. I was X. thinking of Ryan, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> um,
0: so anything else that you want to talk that's, about? You've been that's watching. Pretty much it. Uh, I'll try to move quickly because I've been a busy boy because I've been sick. I watched a ton of stuff, a lot of which was very, very good. Um, I'll start with this show on HBO Max because I'm way behind on this. Everyone has known that this show is amazing for years, though I don't think you've watched it either. And they're they're only like 25 minute long episodes. I really think you should check it out. It's something very special. If you haven't heard of it yet, it's called How to. With John Wilson. Um, and it, it's a it's a documentary-esque show.
1: I have heard of this. I think it's made by the same people that started. Um, oh, no. What is the uh, comedy central? For you. Nathan For You. It Thank is. You. Okay. Um,
0: uh, Nathan Fieldman, I think is his name. Yes. Um, he's involved with it, yes. And this guy, you'll just love his, his type of humor. It doesn't even seem like it's a joke kind of humor it's it's hilarious like the way uh, like the very first episode is how to make small talk so he's just walking around new york city uh talking to people and uh in this ironic really profound way that's also very simple like lowbrow humor at times and he's sort of fucking with people but he's trying to make a larger point i can't really explain it adequately without ruining things i don't want to drop any of the conversations he has I just I want you to watch that first episode and at least see what I'm talking about. Uh, it is it is eloquent, endearing, hilarious, uh, everything you could... I, I can't believe that I've ignored this show for so long, even though I've heard so many people talking about it. So that's How To with John Wilson. So you've watched Nathan for you, right? I have. And I'm a big fan of that. How similar are they, like, tonally? Uh, tonally kind of similar, but I think that there's more, like, not to be a douche, but, like, Uh, And again, I've only seen the one 25 minute episode, but more profundity potential with how to with John Wilson, uh, more, more insight into the human psyche and the human soul. Uh, It's it's much more
1: than chuckles, uh, even though Nathan for you has those moments as well, for sure. Well, there's like this overarching theme in Nathan for you that kind of reveals itself over time. And I was just curious if it was like it like it on on its surface is like just this dumb, awkward, cringe humor thing. But there's actually like a lot deeper thing that I liked really introspective. Uh, and I was curious, like, I, I actually I think that I've seen an episode of how to what, what's it called? How to with John Wilson, John Wilson, because I remember something about scaffolding, but I don't remember. Yeah, The, there, the show. second episode is the scaffolding. OK, but I don't actually remember the show at all. So I, uh, I'm, it's like being told about something that I've seen, but I have no memory of, I'm I'm like, (laughs) you have to, I'm like Gandalf in the minds of Moria, dude. I just, I have no memory of this place.
0: (laughs) You will cry laughing. Like it's, it's manufactured, but at the same time, he just does it so sincerely. Okay. Fuck it. Like for instance, at one point in the first episode, he goes to Cancun just to spend a little time, you know, alone. And uh, when you get tired of making small talk, sometimes you need time to yourself. But I accidentally showed up on the week of MTV's spring break. And I do remember this. <laughs> so the guy's just fucking, he's at this concert. He's like, I waited in a line what I thought was the bathroom and ended up being a concert for some god that they worshiped locally named Polly D, which <laughs> <laughs> the guy from Jersey Shores right. DJing. And, and so, uh, whatever. So little lines like that are so hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then at one point he's facing backwards and everyone else is facing the stage and it it shows real footage of him like hiding a camera and like a security guard. Saying, "Hey, man, you gotta turn around, or you gotta get the fuck out of here. You gotta get it." He's like, "Turned out, I was in every shot, and it showed him. <laughs> he's the only one looking backwards." <laughs> I just immediately thought of how funny you would find that.
1: I forgot about that. That's so fun. Yeah, dude, it's like drone footage where everybody's like raving in the crowd, and he's turned around looking up at the trend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great. Oh my God, um, so I this is just me. It. I can't even drink water without vomiting. Definitely ill watching this <laughs> laughing until it hurts. Um, so I would have watched a lot more, but I just couldn't, couldn't bear staring at anything <laughs> too long. Um, that's how to with John Wilson. Uh, I also watched a few things. You recommended gaming wall street. I watched the entire first episode. It's very long. It's like two hour it and is. a half documentaries. It was well-made. I love um, what's his name. Kieran Kalkin Kieran, uh, Kieran uh, very much huge fan of his personality And, uh, so that kept me going, but I felt like I was there for all of this. And I usually watch documentaries, uh, to learn things that I'm Mm -hmm. like, I also watched genius the the Kanye documentary, the first episode of that. And, and I know nothing about the origin of Kanye. I'm I'm a huge hip hop fan, but I guess not because a lot of these like obscure producers and stuff that are. Only obscure to me. I don't know anything about either. Like I know Jay Z, but I don't know any of the other like Rockefeller Records rappers, right? True. So all of this is fascinating to me because I'm learning things. Whereas with gaming Wall Street, it's like uh, I remember all that because I was there. Like I was a member of Wall Street Bets mm-hmm. uh, before, you know. This all this shit happened. I was in my office trying to make money so I could quit my job. So it's kind of like. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, sure. So kind of the thing.
1: second episode is more informative. The first one's kind of like, uh, hey, look what went down. And the second one's like, hey, this is how the system works.
0: which sure. is Which is really interesting. That's so, true. I didn't I, get to any of the stuff you were telling me about, like, the destruction that they almost wrought with mm-hmm. that and that kind of stuff. So I'll keep going. I'll keep going for sure. But it, it, it was entertaining. It just felt, it felt, I felt its length. Sure. I wish it was one two-hour documentary instead mm-hmm. of three hours. But I guess for a lot of people, it's like, what the hell is, uh... Who the fuck is Roaring Kitty? You know what I mean. So that yeah. there's time needs to be spent there. Um, so Any old. I also watched a bunch. A bunch of good movies came out, and I watched a few that I've been very late to. I finally watched Saint Maud from 2019. Alex was on the show last week. He told us to pair it with uh, Persona, mm-hmm. uh, Ingmar Ingmar Bergman film, right? Yeah, um, Grid. No, that's a, that's a mistake. I'll only make once friend. And <laughs> I did not pair it, Alex, but I did watch St. Maud, uh, by director Rose glass. Very excited to see that, uh, Kristen Stewart once again brought up. Well, will be working on uh, Rose Glass's next film. Very excited for that. It starts oh, filming cool. this year. And so that's what made me want to check it out. If I'm being completely embarrassingly honest is she released a statement saying, uh, one of my favorite new directors, uh, just signed a contract with going to be working on her next film. It came out that it was Rose glass. And I was like, who the fuck's Rose Glass? Directed St. Maude. I was like, oh, that's the d 24 film that I meant to see for the last two years. Uh, And I loved it. You should definitely check it out. You will enjoy it very much. I'm looking forward Um, to it. I also watched uh, Joaquin Trier's newest film, The Worst Person in the World, which is nominated for three Oscars. I don't think it was available to see in the US last year, but it is a 2021 film. Had I had access to it, I believe it would have been my favorite film of the year. What did you watch this on? I rented it. Oh, okay, uh, digitally for I think it was like five ninety nine. So worth it. So incredibly worth it. Um, it's a it's a dramedy. Um, it's really really funny in in the awkward kind of honest way that I know your sense of humor matches. So I think you'll mm-hmm. find it uh, painfully endearing at times. I also cried a lot. Um, the director described it, describes it as a coming of age film for grownups
1: um,
0: because it's about a young woman, you know, in her late twenties going through the various phases that that we've gone through recently on our, and are in now, you know, like the selfish things that you, that's why I love the title, the worst person in the world, because she's not, she's a good person. Um, but there, she makes decisions that are very selfish as one does and other people are affected and it is easy. How can I describe this? People, involved with the people whom she hurts would say she's a terrible person. Like you you can see their sisters or cousins or friends talking shit at a bar about this chick, right? You could see that. And I have been that person many times where I've done things where I could people talk shit. Understandably. So like, what the fuck is he doing? What a selfish prick. Mm -hmm. And, and so I don't know, I can't describe adequately the way I felt watching this film, but I thought that it showed things uh, it, it was a lens on an aspect of humanity that has yet to be explored in the way that this film does, which is increasingly rare, right? Because the more and more films that exist, the more we've touched on pretty much everything, right? Sure. Um, I was so excited that this thing exists and I loved Spencer, which was my favorite film of 2021, but I think this would have been a strong contender for my favorite film of the year. Um, also fun fact for physical media collectors, it has a uh, criterion, a criterion, collection already uh, already coming out in wow. june i think and the cover looks really really cool it's totally gonna buy it sound like some neat childish artwork yeah artwork yeah I, I, i'll pre-order it soon so um, you said it's nominated for three oscars it is i don't know which ones off the top of my head um but i could find that out very quickly
1: presumably not best picture because like i went through the list of all the best picture nominees and it, it was pretty much just a series of duds for me I don't think it is I think drive my car took the spot
0: um that the worst person in the world would have occupied most likely it's probably best foreign film it's a foreign film
1: it is where so where where does this take place i
0: I don't want to sound like a douche, but I don't know okay. It's like do the people have accents yeah, it's subtitled oh it, it's like a um It's like Sweden or something, you know? (laughs) I sound like such an idiotic American person. Worst person in the world is. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, okay. I had no idea. Interesting.
0: Why can't I find these things out quickly? I wish Steve was here.
1: That's okay, man. Um, I actually kept mixing up this movie with uh, a Douglas Coupland book that came out like 10 years ago called Worst Person Ever. And that was like one of the worst books ever. And so when this movie came out, it blew my mind and I was like why the fuck did they adapt that piece of shit and so like I just saw worst person in the world and I was like okay that is going to be absolute trash because the source material fucking blows even though it came from the fucking Generation X guy and that guy's amazing but somehow that that book was an absolute turd and he hasn't written anything since but yeah so at some point I figured out that I was just mixing up my two titles because they're wildly similar Obviously, uh, worst person ever and worst person in the world. So I do want to watch that. I don't know if I want to spend money to do it. But I'm going to hope that it is uh, streamable somewhere soon.
0: It's a Norwegian film, for sure. Sorry. I even, I hail from Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still was unable to Google the fucking Oscar nominations, it's and your, I don't want to give you wrong info.
1: It's your peeps.
0: So it doesn't matter. It's definitely best international film is one of them. Probably, oh, best screenplay. I'm almost positive. It's nominated okay. for best screenplay. Uh, I, I love this film. If you haven't seen it, you I a hundred percent it's worth every penny of the six bucks. That's a fucking Starbucks coffee. Just do it. Trust me. Uh, and then also I watched uh, a couple of films that just came. Oh, another Oscar nomination I was behind on. Have you seen Coda, the Apple TV plus no, original, but I want to, I think you'll love it. I wept. I wept Andy. I <laughs> cried at everything I watched except, except X um, <laughs> and, and Coda's not deserving of best picture in my opinion, but it was a, a joy to watch. It was very touching. It's about a, a young, a young girl in high school who wants to be, uh, she wants to go to Berkeley to be a singer. And I've been uh,
1: there. Fun fact, I actually played accompaniment on my, uh, buddy's audition for Berkeley. Oh, that's right. Many, I forgot many, many when you did it for Mike. So that's started. what it's
0: all about is her training for her audition to get into Berkeley. Nice. And, uh, but she works on a fishing boat with her, her deaf parents and her deaf brother. So she's their interpreter all the time. And it, so it's a, it's a, there's a lot of themes of, like, the familial pressure that you're born with and how you kind of have to be a selfish asshole to live your own life at a certain point, right? Because, like, her family does very much need her, but they also don't. Like, they'll figure it out because yeah. she's got her own life to live now, right? So it's about her realizing that. Uh, and her journey toward that, she finds this uh, music coach who kind of helps her in life as well, right? And uh, anyway, I, I love the film. I think it's great. I just don't think it's, it's best picture worthy this How, year.
1: How's their lawsuit with Led Zeppelin going? I hadn't heard about that. No, nah, it was a joke. That's Led Zeppelin's last album is called Coda.
0: Oh, yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> and so is uh, the, the what is it, the, the re-edit of The Godfather? Oh, really? Where he, yeah, he kind of re-cut together Godfather 3 and called it Coda. I didn't know about that. I think they're fine with that as well. Um, but, and then two films dropped Friday in addition to the film that we saw in theaters. Uh, it was an incredible day for me. We watched, uh, or I watched Deep Water. Mm-hmm. Um, That's
1: the Ben Affleck, Anna De Armas one.
0: I've been excited for this because there's like a, this really, if I'm being honest, like seedy uh, soap opera backstory to this film where, you know, this film was made years ago when Anna De Armas and Ben Affleck were together and now they're not. He's back with Jennifer Lopez. I don't know what Anna Darmus is doing. I'm sure wonderful things. And <laughs> and so they didn't even have to do or weren't didn't wouldn't agree to do or weren't wouldn't weren't forced to do a press tour. You know, this film was originally supposed to have a theatrical run. It's directed by Adrian Lyne, who's famous for doing his, you know, erotic thrillers in in the uh 90s. And so I was really excited for this like 90s style uh, lascivious uh erotic thriller starring Anna De Armas, who's gorgeous and talented and Ben Affleck who's gorgeous and talented. And then there's like this backstory of a real relationship that went asunder that, you know, so I was just really curious about this film. Uh, I absolutely did like this film. <laughs> I hated it in the middle, but then the third act is so ridiculous. I started cackling, laughing, and this just doesn't sound like an endorsement of this film, but just trust me that it is. Cause it's not supposed to be funny. I think it is. That's, oh, okay. that's the secret to enjoying this movie is I'm telling everybody the secret going in. It's secretly funny. It's hilarious. Don't feel bad or think it's it's not working for the fact that you think it's funny. And if you know that going in, I think you'll enjoy it sooner. But the third act, I was laughing so hard. Uh, And then I was really upset. I told you this on the phone earlier. I was really upset because I thought I knew for sure where this film was going. I didn't like where it was going. And I thought it was taking too long to get there. And then it went somewhere else. And so there was this kind of feeling of like, oh, (laughs) and even though it doesn't really like it doesn't mean anything or make much sense, it was clever. It surprised me and I had a good time. Also, I will say this hot take here on streaming things. You heard it here. Third. I think this is potentially Ben Affleck's best performance ever.
1: Man, we lost that tagline for a hot minute. Yeah. I just brought it back out of nowhere. Nice. Out of nowhere. That one out of your ass.
0: Ben Affleck is so good in this movie. And I know I've always been a fan of his, but at the same time, something about him kind of bothers me and I can't explain it. Um, And I know Kevin Smith, you know, we were huge fans of his as kids. And he used to always say that Ben Affleck could play the shark from Jaws, right? Mm -hmm. He just loved him so much. He thought he was so talented. And I always, I don't know if I ever said this out loud, but I always thought, (laughs) no, he can't. You know what I mean? (laughs) He's okay. Kind of thing. Um, Turns out he's a really good director. Any after that, I I think he maybe could because he is uh, so good at being uh, sinister and like in a seething way in this film. I don't know if it was just written for him, or he's unlocked something. You've you've seen that meme of him depressed, smoking a cigarette on his porch, right, which yeah. I disagree with that, that shot being taken. Leave the man alone. But since it exists, this film is basically two hours of that photo, but in like the best, most entertaining way. Okay. That's all I can say. Uh, and that's Deep Water. It's available to stream on Hulu. Uh, I also watched Windfall with Andy just, just now. now it dropped on Netflix, and this is a Gym of a small little film. It is wonderful, isn't it? We didn't even talk about it after it ended. We just hopped straight on the mics. Yeah, absolutely. So what'd you think? Um, well, it stars Jason Siegel, It stars Lily Collins and Jesse Plemons. And that's it. And there's one other actor. One other guy that shows up for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, I loved it. What'd you think? I thought it was great. It was... It felt a little long. I mean, it's a brisk hour, 30 minutes, but it felt a little long in the middle just because by virtue of the type of movie it is, it's pretty plotting at times, but I felt like it was really interesting. It also is blowing my mind uh, in retrospect that we had a single location, three person movie and we didn't learn any of their names and we didn't need to and that's holy shit i didn't notice that that's pretty cool um yeah so like halfway through the movie we turned on subtitles because i'm hard of hearing and uh it it just said man woman coughs or man size and uh, or uh, like wife coughs and husband size i should say but i was like oh shit yeah they haven't said their their script names
0: were wife husband and intruder probably probably or Jason Siegel. <laughs> yeah. So, so the plot is that uh, Jason Segel uh, is burglarizing their home and uh, their vacation home, you can assume. And uh, Lily Collins is the wife of uh, Jesse Plemons, who is a billionaire. A tech billionaire. And they accidentally show up while he's there and uh shenanigans ensue mm-hmm. um my review on Letterbox. so what i love about this movie is this is the kind you already wrote a review on Letterbox. it's one line uh. that Letterbox is funny that way you can just be kind of a shithead um four stars fuck yeah uh <laughs>
1: but <laughs> no anna de armis <laughs> this is uh, right
0: to minus a star for lack of Armus, uh, de armis sorry i keep doing that i'm very uh americentric yeah. so this is the kind of movie that makes you want to make a movie because you realize that it is possible. Yeah. And I haven't seen one like this, like Saul did that right for me. Um, Anyway, a lot of movies do that for me, but it's been a while that I thought, Hey, I could have made this, you know, and this movie, I don't know what the budget was, but I assume it was all their own salaries, but they're they're all producers. So maybe not.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah,
0: This was fucking, we could have made this, Mm -hmm. you know, I know three people. I thought the score was, absolutely out of this world good. Something, um, there was something like new Hollywood about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like even the way that they did, did the title cards in the beginning, uh, that lingering, you know, credit sequence of one shot that they, like a Sergio Leone, Sergio Leone kind of, I don't know. It was, it, did you get those vibes? Like oh, big time. a bunch of like Francis Ford Coppola vibes in this film. Big time. Yeah. Uh, even though it was an hour and a half, they really stretched it in a way that was good I thought Mm -hmm. it was necessary
1: and it ultimately ended up being like and, and it paid off so well in the end there was a about a halfway point where I was like man this is a little bit of a bummer but I don't feel that way at all anymore like it ultimately ended up being like this really interesting like class warfare kind of microcosm of a film and that was really cool yeah we got three wildly different perspectives all of which were ultimately like kind of privileged which is really interesting because it's like fuck you no fuck you no fuck you and then there's like a fourth perspective that's like kind of fuck all of y'all and i'm the real victim here um and so that's really interesting but uh without like going into spoilers about it, I think that it, I agreed with everybody at some point in the movie. And so that's really cool. You know? Yeah. There wasn't anybody that I pointed to and I'm like, Oh, you're clearly the one that's in the wrong. And so like, they were all kind of wrong, but in a way, right. Yeah. And it's kind of, kind of windfall is, is just coming to me. I don't know if this is dumb or not.
0: Windfall is like early two thousands. Coen brothers directed Ex Machina.
1: Okay, yeah, I could see that.
0: Yeah, just fucking ponder that, film bros.
1: We'll lose, like, the sci-fi aspect of Ex Machina. Sure.
0: Yeah. The only really way it's related at all is there's, like, three actors and it's one location. Yeah, fair. You know, nailed that aspect. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Windfall. That's available on Netflix, you can watch that fucking right away as well. The only thing I didn't see is... Uh, two films I think came out this weekend in theaters I didn't see Uh, Alma with Sandra Oh and The Outfit
1: Uh, I don't even know what that is
0: it's got Mark Rylance and it's got uh, uh, Zoe Deutsch Um, I like her it's supposed to be a really good film I wish I could have checked it out but I went and saw X instead the newest horror film from director Ty West and A24 Studios and now we will listen to our review
1: of X Okay, hang on. We didn't queue up music.
0: Are oh, we gonna do the janky phone thing again? Fuck yeah! You just playing DMX? Oh.
1: <laughs> I don't remember where the lyrics come in, so we're gonna let them run for a second. This rush is mine. It it's X gonna give it to you. <laughs>
0: It takes a while. The payoff was too should, far away. I could have warned you because this is my ringtone for my wife. There it is. I could have just had Carissa call me. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the movie. It just... A, but went, it's true. X is going to give it to you. Let's do it. That's what the movie does. Hey. <laughs> It gives it to you. I ruined your joke because I didn't see it coming somehow. Uh, anyway, yeah, we both watched this film in You're theaters. Like,
1: what the fuck are you doing, man?
0: I didn't remember. You know, I'm averse to trailers, so I'm like, was this a promotional thing for this film? Um, I don't remember that being in the trailer, but I guess it fits. No, it doesn't. It takes place in 1979. Uh, so, don't worry if you haven't seen X over the weekend. We're not going to spoil it for you off the top. We're going to do a general, uh, spoiler free discussion as we always do, and then warn you before we get into a spoiler breakdown. Uh, so, Andy, just general thoughts without any plot details. What did you think of X?
1: Um, I don't know what I thought this movie was going to be, but whatever that was, it wasn't. Um, this ended up being like a really cool throwback horror film that was like, felt like. A slasher that belonged in the like, and in, in, belongs in the annals of history of of like being being right there with uh, like Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween or something. Now we had a short conversation on the phone earlier today where we talked about like where that was like an hour and fourteen minutes, bro. <laughs> Fair uh, where? Well, I mean, we talked about everything, <laughs> but um, so uh, I I really 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 liked this movie. I was really disappointed in some aspects of it because i thought it was going some places that it ultimately never went uh and so that that was kind of disappointing because there was a payoff that i came to expect that never came and so uh that's the worst much like the actresses in the in in the porno so i guess that's something that we should kind of talk about what the movie is um and so it's essentially about these uh this group of people that decide to uh, go make a porno, and they, for want of a location, decide to uh, like let out a a room in a on a an older gentleman's farm, and uh, it's about them going to make this porno and uh, the shenanigans that ensue. I mean, it's a horror movie. It's a slasher. So you you, you can assume the type of shenanigans that are going to ensue. Mm -hmm. I thought this movie had some absolutely like bone chilling moments, uh, that I, uh, as a huge horror fan, I, uh, there were a couple of shots that like absolutely got me. And I was like, and, and I love it when a movie can genuinely give me like a sense of terror without trying to like do a jump scare or just be gross. Um, It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it stands out to me. And I've said before, and I stand by it, that every horror movie for me is I'm looking for little moments like that. A little aha of like, oh, holy fuck, you made me feel something there. And this movie had a couple of them. And like, I can't give it any higher praise than that. Never mind that, like, I'm ultimately, I I don't know that if it necessarily delivers on the promise of its premise. And I don't know that it necessarily, like, sticks the landing thematically that it's trying to go for. Um, And I don't know if there was, you know, being a hoity-toity, A24 uh, thematic elevated horror, um, I don't know that there was necessarily, like, any kind of character arc or um, real uh, delivery. But as, like, just a horror fan... I, I love that it went for some things. I don't know that all of them worked, but I, I gen, gen, generally had a really good time. I would have given it like three and a half stars.
0: That's fair. I mean, all opinions are fair, I guess. Of but, course. Um, I love this film, and I, I'm thinking more and more about it, uh, and I think that... Uh, it's funny because I made a TikTok review. I wanted to pull up, and I was like, that's douchey, but the only reason I wanted to play it, it had a comedic element, because my, my first line is... Uh, it's a film that absolutely does deliver on the promise of its premise. Really? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, dude, the comedy value of that would outweigh the douchiness of playing my own TikTok video. Maybe no opted out. Uh, I'll just tell him about it, which is hopefully better. Um, So yeah, I, I, I had a lot of high expectations for this film. Ty West has done some great work in the last decade or so. He, he, he did some of the short films on the VHS franchise um, and some other things that I enjoyed. I'm not super familiar with his oeuvre, mm-hmm. uh, but enough to be excited. Um, that was excited about the cast. Of course, uh, I guess we should say it stars uh, Kid Cudi, uh, Mia Goth, um, Brittany Snow, Brittany Snow.
1: That's so, all the ones that I know by
0: name. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, some good some good talent, especially Mia Goth is you know the the weird horror girl that we all we all know and love. So
1: new little scream queen
0: and A twenty four puts its name on some some you know unique shit, um, and it's almost like a it's reached a point where people make fun of it now. Like, ooh, A24, right? Like, especially because I wear an A24 hat a lot. So it's like, oh, that's a douche bro. (laughs) Uh, And I I still rock it proudly for the sheer fact that, A, who am I kidding?
1: For A24. I am, you know what I'm saying?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's almost a palindrome. Um, I think that in an era where everybody bitches about originality and uh, risk-taking, especially at a studio level, um, a distribution company that, eventually made enough money to um, produce movies that specializes in risks and originality is something to be celebrated, you know, Absolutely. and I'll, I'll get a fucking film four hat and a fucking neon hat as soon as I can. Cause I think that that's cool. You know, that like, I really, this would be cool hats. Yeah. I should, <laughs> I should get those red yeah. bubble. Here I come. Yes. Tell people my secret, (laughs) and so you know there's that. So I expected a a very high quality from this film, and I got it. I think there was a certain point, um, without spoilers, I'll just there's a certain scene where a character is kind of floating in a lake early on, and it was it was about that time, as South Park would say, (laughs) that I was like, holy shit, this is really beautifully shot. Yeah, absolutely, Um, and interestingly edited too. It had this really. A lot of people are mentioning the editing. And I honestly, we can talk about it in spoilers so you can help me walk me through this. That's one thing I, I didn't catch mm-hmm. uh, unless they're talking about something else, which I'm calling cinematography and you're calling editing. Um, there was one sp- sequence during the first kill where I was like, holy shit, that's a good idea. That is so clever. Okay. Um, and maybe that's what people are talking about with editing. I'm not sure. Um,
1: Well, they also had like a thing like, hey, we're going to bring you to the scene. Never mind. We're still here. Hey, we're going to bring you to the scene. Never mind. We're still here. Do you remember? Like it would like. Well, again, we can. You can tell me specifically uh, in spoilers.
0: Like because I've heard four people say best editing of the year and I'm already calling it. And I'm just like editing. Really? Mm -hmm. You know, I just I missed it. I wish Steve had seen this movie. I I, I doubt he did. And and, whatever city at West. He was in San Francisco. (laughs) I told (laughs) you. He's not there no more. Because <laughs> Steve's our, you know, resident editor, and maybe he would have been over the moon about this film as well. But I, I did love it. I'm going to I'm gonna do a lot of douchey things in this review, like read from my written review, just to make sure I hit all my points, because I would like to see what you say to things that I saw. Um, and, yeah, if you had thoughts on X, if you saw it over the weekend, please let us know, because uh, we do both recommend, I think, that you oh, go absolutely, see it. Absolutely. Uh, it's really uncomfortable, but I think in a way... And this is what I think is interesting about specifically horror. There are horror films that make you uncomfortable just to be uncomfortable. And then there are films that kind of ask you, isn't it interesting that you're uncomfortable? Yeah. And I think that this film does the latter, if that makes sense. Uh, I I agree wholeheartedly. Like, what about this is so uncomfortable, sir or madam? Maybe you're an asshole. And uh, I'll explain what I mean by that shortly, hopefully. Uh, But with that being said, let's move into our spoiler section so we can get down and dirty.
1: You are entering spoiler territory. You're bullshit. So before I go on a tirade, what was your uh, what was the editing? What are you talking about? What's everybody talking about? So I was starting to say before it's like literally like we're in a scene. um, Say we're in the barn, and then it's going to randomly cut to hey we're at the lake for a second. Nope, still at the barn. Hey, at the lake for a second. Still at the barn. Hey, nope. Now we're actually at the lake. Like they'll cut to the next spot and then go back. It's like it's like a the film is blinking thinking about the next scene that it's going to go to and then gets there it's it's bizarre and it's unsettling they do it like two or three times yeah um and it's but it's beautifully done and they do something semi-similar with the first kill and so i'm interested in in what what it was about that kill that you you mean when they cut back to
0: the inside of the house i think when the when rj walks out so what i loved Cin- cinematographically, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a word. Um, during that first kill, is what, what blew my mind thinking about you and I making some <laughs> cheap horror movies that we've made. Uh, the idea of when uh, the old lady is stabbing RJ in the neck, and the, it's right in front of the van, and the headlights are on, and the blood starts to squirt everywhere mm-hmm. onto the headlights. And so then the light shines through the blood. And so eventually she's continuing to brutally stab him until his fucking head comes off. Mm-hmm. Like neck stab to beheading. And eventually they're both, ba- the whole scene is red light. But it's like diegetic red light. Yeah, You know, it's not like um, uh Nicholas Winding Refn film or something like that where he just put like, it's just red, red film color on yeah. there. It's the blood is clogging the headlights. Mm-hmm. And I, that's maybe dumb, but to me, I was like, what a good fucking idea because it squirted right onto those headlights. Yeah, Neat. Yeah, that was that was
1: awesome and really unsettling too because she like, stands up and dances for a little bit after she kills him there. Sure. But also in the middle of that kill, they cut away from that scene entirely and then go back to it. Yes. And that is
0: just, it's genius. Yeah, it's a very interesting choice. That's true. I didn't, um, That didn't occur to me.
1: But uh, it's, it, 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 it establishes like its own really unique tone and means of storytelling in this beautifully unsettling way. Um, I I feel like that was probably the most satisfying kill in, in the uh, movie. But um, the, the one that really, really got me was um, when the, uh, the producer is stabbed through the eye in the barn. And then uh, we see his body laying amongst the hay and it's a static shot of just... He, he's dead already at this point. And then the little old lady walks out with her pitchfork. Oh, to check if he's dead? And, and, and ooh, she just gives him a little... Tsk, yeah. like, she clearly just, like, stabbed him in the back of the head or the throat or something. And it was just like see, seeing this, like, weak little old frail woman just give a little... Dah! Like, it was, like, I, I literally, like, I shook. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it really, really got yes. me. Yes. And then she just sort of, like, starts knocking some hay on top of him to, like, cover up his body. And I, it was just, like, that was, like, the the biggest one for me that I was, like, like just got real chills watching. Um, it was beautifully done. Uh, ultimately, for me, though, uh, she and her husband are my biggest disappointment of the film. Um, They establish, like, this sort of, like, wistfulness for a bygone era and a maybe like maybe it's like a violent fighting against the dying of the light kind of thing in a Dylan thomas sort of way yeah but really like we i, I know poets i thought that there was going to be a uh like a body snatcher thing or something because these are actors that are wearing uh severe um old people makeup and so it looks like they're going to de-age at some point, and they are so, severely old. <laughs> well, severely old, like it's very clearly makeup too, and which is part of what bothered me. And that, and so like I thought we were ultimately going to see who it was underneath the makeup kind of thing, um, and call it de-aging, but that we didn't get that at all. And it's like, oh no, they just look like this. I'm interested though when you, you pointed out with the. Uh, why does this make you uncomfortable kind of thing? Because one of the most uncomfortable things is those two just randomly decide to fuck, which is dope. Like, that's fine. Yes. But it's also like, what's wrong with that? It's a husband and wife fucking. I mean, the the context is what's wrong with it. Sure.
0: So there are multiple scenes of the fact that they are so incredibly severely, as you aptly put it, severely geriatric. And that is what is horrific. Is the fact that, oh, they're so old and you're drinking their old lemonade and they're getting old naked on you. And she's kissing you because she's old. It's horrifying. And at a certain point watching this film, I thought, oh, no, is this ageist? Right. And then I thought immediately, no, I am. Wow. What a cool movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, I don't think it's Ty West. That's the asshole for making a horror movie where some of the most horrifying moments are this uncomfortably long extended sequences of geriatric sexuality Mm -hmm. it is calling attention to the fact that I feel that way Mm -hmm. Uh, that I am horrified for this poor coked up stripper porn star that's hiding under
1: the bed has to hear these old people fuck, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, but the problem is that if, and I agree with you, but the context there is that she's hiding under the bed and they just killed a bunch of her friends and so the fucking is now super duper uncomfortable. And if they had opened with that, I, would it be as uncomfortable? Yes. I don't know, because i <laughs> <laughs> probably seen the old man ass bounce and shit. <laughs> um, Hope my heart can take it.
0: Because I, I think a lot of comedies have done a similar thing. And it's not maybe horrifying, but it's so cringy, right? Uh, I'm thinking about something about Mary when the neighbor flashes her uh, elderly breasts, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's played for laughs. It's, it's a thing in our society. And Absolutely. Uh, I think it's interesting, in my opinion, that Ty West calls attention to that. He's not doing the same thing that the director of Something About Mary is doing. He's actually saying, like, why is this so horrifying to you? Because I bet it is. Is the, And I like that there is no supernatural element, because I also was suspicious that there might be. Mm-hmm. I like that there's really nothing these two people could do to five healthy young people, except that the film believably sets it up to where... They're so, they are so caught unawares, and like things happen in the perfect sequence. Especially like the Wayne, the producer guy, like he's a struff, a strong buff man, right? Mm-hmm. Like he just happened to have stepped on a nail and happened to be looking through a hole. Otherwise that old lady had no chance of being a physical oh, threat to him. For sure. Right. And so that, I like that about it because otherwise it's a little, the whole premise is goofy, you know, yeah. and that's what I uh, meant about delivering on the prom, prom, promise of the premise. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And the other part of the promise of the premise is that it's a throwback, you know, homage to, to not only 80 slasher, but the 1974 Texas chainsaw massacre, hence the, the rural setting and being set in the seventies, things like that. Also, I want to say something. i want to read some of my review Uh, Just to get your response. But before I do that, I don't know if this is a thing that's been talked about. I'm almost positive it has. I'm not the first idiot to think of this. But isn't it so much more horrifying to set a movie uh, in like the 80s or back like, without cell phones yeah, and, the, like, the connectivity
1: that we have, everything is so much scarier, well, right? Well, it, it is scarier to us because we recognize how reliant we are on those things. Like, in, in for those characters, it's not, you know? And, like, if, if this movie was made at that time, then no. It That is a specific type of horror that's unique to us because we have this... Our 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 entire upbringing that uh, you know the internet became a thing when we were kids and we've had cell phones since we were in high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and never mind the kids that are like eighteen now; they've had cell phones their entire life. And like, so it, it it is a unique kind of horror the fact that they're like, there is no cell phone, there is no fucking. Uh, they they wouldn't even know what the fuck a landline is. Probably, you know what I mean. So like, I I don't know. That that is a really interesting thing to think like that adds an element just by making it a, a period piece, you know, but then again, you know, like you set it back far enough then like set it in the 1920s and then tuberculosis is its own kind of horror. You know what I mean? Sure. Like well, every, like the witch, period, you know, it's own thing. Uh, Robert Eggers
0: hit the nail on the head, which like just the pure superstition. And, uh, I mean, there are some supernatural elements, but like just the fucking situation that they're in on a daily basis of living is horrifying. Sure. Right. and, he called attention to that. So if you go back far enough, sure, there's that. But
1: Give it a couple of years, man. Next, it's going to be like the kids, the, their electric battery in their car died. And there's only natural, normal gas stations around. And they're going to be like, what do we do? You know? There's a fire. It was so dangerous.
0: Um, so I'm going to read my – This is I wrote this as soon as I left the theater. So a lot of this is me working through it. Um, and this might be, a, again, a, a kind of a douche thing to do. But this will keep me from forgetting about anything that I initially wanted to talk about, I guess. So this is what I wrote. This is more to process my thoughts than anything else. This film is fun in the most uncomfortable way. And ultimately, I think Ty West has created a brilliant film that will start much needed conversations. X will age very well. I still believe that. On the surface, it's a perfectly executed homage to the slasher genre. The rural setting plays on warranted American fears of the rural South and recalls imagery of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, as does its grainy 35 millimeter-esque texture. That the story is set in 1979 is no accident. Halloween and uh, Andy and I disagreed on this earlier, but is something I thought Halloween, the film that started the eighties slasher craze was released in 1978. It's arguable that Hitchcock's psycho was the first slasher film, but don't worry. Lorraine played by Jenna Ortega and RJ Owen Campbell bring that up directly between the legs of the homage and slick kills is an uncomfortable discourse about intercourse. And that's where I'm stuck. I think ultimately the film is sex positive. Lorraine is what gives me pause. And that's Jenna Ortega's character again. She is ostensibly the audience surrogate of the porno crew. After a day of quietly, intently watching while the others rut, she decides to have sex on camera. Her boyfriend, RJ, says no. This is where it gets good. RJ has no right, boyfriend or no, to say what she can and cannot do. More to the point, he's a hypocrite. He's been taunting her the whole trip, lording his enlightened artistry over her and accusing her of being a prude, but she is called his bluff. X may be an indictment of male fragility and delusional sex positivity. And that's me kind of, maybe that's what it is, right?
1: I agree with that wholeheartedly. RJ can't
0: handle it. Watching Lorraine ride Jackson Hole, played by Kid Cuddy, is the horror show for his character. I don't think it's a coincidence that he dies first, or arguably most violently. What gives me pause is Lorraine's death later. What was her, transge- what was her transgression? And I will pause there, because that's interesting. I still haven't worked that through.
1: Her death was the most bizarre, weird, like, this character's not acting like this character anymore, and now she's dead. It's just like she gets... I agree with you. She gets out of the basement. No, fuck you, you fucking bitch. I hate all of you. And then just dies, like immediately. And it's like like they locked her in the basement because they didn't know what to do with her for a while while they killed off everybody else. And then they just needed to get rid of her real quick. And then... Oh, you mean like uh, they meaning... Ty writing, the, the, writing the script, writing the script. Exactly. Like what the fuck oh, do yeah. we do
0: with her? He also, because of, I love the framing premise of this film too, because it, we opened the film with the sheriff and the deputies discovering the on, you know, the, the aftermath of the onslaught, all the slaughter. And what's really cool about the way that they set that up is you have this heightened sense of expectation. Cause you saw the broken door and the shattered glass and the body on the sidewalk, whoever that is. We now know it's Lorraine. Um, And you see the the body in the barn and all this shit going on, and then they go down to the cellar and it's like, oh sheriff, you got to look at this, and oh my fucking Mary Jesus and Joseph or whatever, right? So, but they don't show it, so you're like, what's in the cellar? So when he starts putting her in the cellar, there's this heightened sense of, oh fuck, you know, and it almost was a letdown because it's just some fucking hippie dude with his dick hanging out hanging there,
1: right? (laughs) (laughs) And that scene particularly for me was like weird because first off i missed that opening scene i was late to the movie (laughs) but when she sees the dead body in the cellar it does this weird like pan down to his pants around his ankles and then like a horror music moment like and i'm like what 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 and then like just moves on i
0: think the reveal there because the pants are still kind of on uh
1: to me i took it like
0: that was her
1: sex slave you know Probably, yeah, because, like, the, one of the undercurrents of this whole film is, like, essentially the wife is, like, clearly has some kind of mental issues. <laughs> though we yeah, don't, they kill people. That we don't know what. Um, but Just oldness she, and mixed with the murder. Right. But she, like, essentially is just, like, kind of lonely and craves, like, physical contact, physical closeness. And, like, she, like... Not can, just that, she craves... Being desired. Yes, absolutely. As she, she did
0: when she was young. She yes. was uh, one of the most beautiful women on earth. And so now she's not. And not only does she not have her husband's ardor, but she uh, has no one's envy or lust, right? right? And so that's what she's missing, I
1: think. Yes. Um. So, and it's alluded to several times. I mean, I, I can't say it didn't come out. I can't say it came out of nowhere, but the, the husband ultimately... Has a heart attack. He yeah, uh, man. He alluded he warned her. To, he alluded to it several times. Which she she would move in for a little smooch, and he would say, oh, "I can't do it. in My heart, you know, I can't." And then uh, I'm amazed he can still get it up. Yeah, same. Uh, uh, fun fact I learned on a podcast recently: over eighty or over thirty percent of women over eighty are uh, remain sexually active. Interestingly, they left out the men from that figure, so I don't know who these 80-year-old women are having sex with. But Men in their basement. <laughs> right. Um, Shackled. But yeah, so the, uh, the husband, uh, who I don't know if we ever learned his name, uh, has a heart attack when uh, Lorraine, after having the side of her head blown off with a shotgun, uh, makes a little gurgle. He goes, hit, and comedically goes, hit, and then just slumps over. And, that was a quick heart attack. And his wife, yeah, I was going to say, shouldn't he be like screaming in pain and shit? And like, Well, he's very, like you said, severely old. <laughs> he is severely old and he had a severe heart attack. Um So, yeah, he just like, it, it was funny there. And I don't know if that was supposed to be or not, but it's just.
0: There were some definite funny moments in this film. For sure. And uh, I think that that goes hand in hand, just as sex always is intricately tied with horror. I think humor is in the best horror as well Um, because really sometimes you really got to break up the the not monotony but the the onslaught you know yeah Um, my old heart can't take it either (laughs) Um, I'm almost done so then I go on then there's the twist of the finale We find out that Maxine, Mia Goth, keeper of the titular X Factor, is the lost daughter of the psychopathic evangelist that's been playing on every TV in this small town. Is that their only channel? It's almost like puritanical guilt and sexual repression pushes people away and leads to a hyper focus on the very things that were forbidden. Hmm, that's sarcasm. My belief is that that definitely happens. Absolutely. (laughs) As I said, I'm still working through it, and there's a lot to unpack here. It's a well-written film that more than delivers on the promise of the premise. The framing device of the narrative is very effective. By opening the film in the aftermath of the horror, the suspense is heightened. We know where most of the bodies lay. Is it lay or lie in that sense? Most of the bodies... We know that something horrific occur in the cellar, so when we see those areas, our interest and concern is elevated. We are ready, waiting for it, anticipating what we know is coming, then still somehow surprised. On top of all of that, this film is funny. I never knew I needed a deft usage of Chekhov's alligator, but here we are. Yeah. So, yeah, I laughed at that moment as well, uh, even though I like <laughs> Britney Snow a lot. And I was like, no,
1: yeah.
0: uh, the alligator kill. And she's like, bitch, you know that. That was funny.
1: That that was like funny, but in, I think intentionally played for funny. I don't know if the heart attack was supposed to be funny or not, but it was more just like laughing. at certain... maybe it is supposed to be like, oh yeah, this big menace. Look at look at him now, you know, kind of thing. I like, did.
0: I I was confused as I wrote by uh, Jenna Ortega's death and what that meant. Usually, because they're the final girl, and we get it. We get a final girl, and I should have called that it would be Mia Goth, but it's the the movie seemed to be taking a stance that. Lorraine was the moral one and I almost didn't like that she died because it's like, are you trying to say that she was wrong to jump in and, and get some schlong, you know, like wrong for schlong, uh, yeah. because typically slashers, a, a genre of which this is an homage are famous for, uh, penalizing sexuality. Yeah. And so I was disappointed that she died because it's like, what, what the fuck did she do? You know, um so I'm not again I'm still jury's out on that for me. Yeah. But I did like the interesting, you know, driving away final girl
1: mm. snort and blow this time, which I think's never
0: been done before. Yeah.
1: I, I like, I'm, I'm gonna be a star. <laughs> <laughs> and that that was really interesting too. And I don't and that's when I mentioned like I don't know if, how much of an arc there was, like, for any of the characters because well, they all died except for her. Um she is not anything any different of a person than she was at the start of it, except for the experiences that she went through. I, I don't think that there was any like, we we just learned a little bit of her backstory as she walked out the door. Um, and instead of like seeing her come to terms with anything or like developing in some way that is going to lead towards a brighter future, it is, she is still who she was um, which is to say somebody that hyper focused on sexuality and became drugs. And and in that way, I feel like it's almost a not sex positive movie because it's like, Oh, this puritanical upbringing pushed you in toward into pornography and drug addiction, you know, unless they're trying to be drug positive in this film too. I don't know. It's hard to not equate one without the other, because that is essentially everything that makes up her character.
0: Yeah. I I think the, The mere fact that we can have this kind of conversation always makes me excited about a film. Sure. But I'm with you. I don't think it completely um, nails it on some of those topics, maybe. Um, But I think that, you know, I'm not one of those people, I try not to be like, oh, this is elevated horror. Meaning horror in years past was just dumb, stabby, stabby titty. And now we can have these conversations with Mm -hmm. horror films. I think that there was always brilliant horror scripts. But... Uh, it's not always the case that you can, you know, balance like a deft homage and you know hit all the right notes. Like there's some really creative, fun kills in this movie. Oh, absolutely! Um, some really interesting, intricate camera camera work. But also, like we can have these kind of discussions about uh, what it's saying about sex positivity and what it's saying about ageism and uh, you know things like that.
1: And that uh, you can have those kind of conversations based around a film that is intended to be like a thrill. You know what I mean? As opposed sure. to sure. Um, you know, the movie was not dealing with, you know, it, it was deal, was not dealing with these in a dramatic light that would otherwise have been preachy and boring, you know? Sure. Um. But yeah, I, uh, I I had a lot of fun with it. I, I just I, I would love to see it again. I think I, I just saw it last night. You saw it uh, the night that it came Thursday, out. Thursday, yeah. Um, So I'm still kind of processing it. I really wish that I'd seen the beginning because the beginning of a horror movie is fucking... Yeah, it was evil. clutch. It's so important. And I love that ending, the very, very end where they find the camera. What well, do you think's so
0: on here, Sheriff? Yeah. So, well, based on what I see here, <laughs> one goddamn fucked up horror show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an ad from again. A24. They... They retweeted uh, uh, the movie poster of X, and the the quote tweet said, one goddamn fucked up horror movie. Oh, that's and nice. I was like, ah, that's a good, that's a good, if you've seen it, if you know, you know, but <laughs> also it works if you don't, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, any extra thoughts or anything you want to touch on about X? I just
1: want to say, I don't know if Kid Cudi has been an actor in many other things, but uh, ah. he crushed it. Not that I'm aware of, but he did really well. Yeah. And like- there was also uh, this through line
0: of his experiences in Vietnam and the old man's experiences in the first and second world wars. Uh-huh. I don't know if the film had anything to say about what the military does to people or anything like that, other than just to bring it up as characterization. It seemed like I was missing something there.
1: Yeah. Same, same. Um, Uh, Just once a Marine, always Marine, huh? Ooh, rah. And yeah, okay. There was also, so I am a, the biggest fan of a random sing along in a film and we got landslide uh, by Fleetwood Mac. Just like, Hey, you know, it, it, and it, to me, it's like the calm before the storm. I love it. And like the horror movie that I'm writing right now, I, I do the same thing. I'm like, before the shit hits the fan, I have a little sing along. And I don't know what it is about about it. And so I, I actually would like to uh, think a little bit about uh, the song Landslide itself and how it applies thematically, because I, I guarantee that it does. Um took my love took it down. If I saw my reflection in the snow-covered hills, landslide, pushed me down. Yeah, it's about coming to terms with uh, life and moving on. And so, yeah, it, it, in a way, landslide's about getting old and reflecting on yourself. So it is fitting thematically. However, that was the most shoehorned thing ever, and I don't understand why they did it the way they did. They're sitting around uh, a- after doing some filming. They're all sitting in the living room, and Kid Cudi turns to Britney Snow, and he says, You, you ready? ready? And then picks up the guitar and they sing landslide like it was something that they prepared. Like, we're really going to wow them, huh? When, look how good I am at guitar. I took it like
0: they had just had a beer and and there was an off camera conversation. Like they were all sitting around eating the sandwiches or he was making the sandwiches. And he was like, hey, you want to sing the landslide with me again? And she was like, after I eat. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <I> <laughs> that's guess. the way I took it. You know, yeah.
1: maybe there is, there has to have been some sort of cut there. To me, that some was sort of like a sort of cut scene.
0: That was like a save the cat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in fact, uh, there was a moment where I realized what was about to happen. Cause I know what kind of film I'm in. Yeah. Uh, or I'm watching rather. And I was like, wow, they're really making me thoroughly like all of these people mm-hmm. right before they all die. That's what this is. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how I took it. I didn't see the whole uh, Lorraine wanting to, to fuck Jackson hole thing coming but I loved it because yeah. that, you know, is an experience that I've gone through. Not that specifically, but <laughs> working through being a fucking hypocrite sure. as a man, uh, and being so jealous of uh women that I'm in relationships with and double standards, all that stuff, right? And working through that, sometimes not successfully.
1: Well, um, so I think that this is a specific circumstance, you know. What I mean, like I, I, I can understand I, I don't know, and I don't know how to phrase this properly, but like, you know, ba- boundaries are necessarily in, in a relationship. And to some extent, there does have to be some kind of conversation about those types of things to understand what each person is comfortable with. I don't think there should ever be a carte blanche. I need to be okay. With, or I need to be comfortable with anything just because that uh, for me to not be would be, you know, sex negative for you and domineering. You know what I mean? You, you know, I, I don't think that it's okay to just randomly say, Hey, I want to go fuck that dude. And for you, just no, to say, what oh, made I'm, it,
0: o- I'm okay with that. What made it just, and I know you agree with this, um, was the fact that she didn't want to be on that trip. She didn't want to film this movie. Right. She didn't want to watch these people have sex. And, she thought none of it was okay and he kept telling her you don't understand i'm an artist i'm gonna make a film out of this Mm -hmm. i'll explain it to you later because you're fucking dumb Mm -hmm. and even right before that as you know he told her because she was asked probing questions and he said it's not real it's a movie that's why they don't mind that Mm -hmm. you know and so that's where it was that specific that's where it was just you know it's like oh what do you mean it's not real it's just a movie right so don't worry, it's artistic, so don't, you know, it, it yeah. all came back in his face. You're going to go get artistically railed real quick. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's what I liked about it. Um, but yeah, ultimately, if uh, if you're a fan of horror
1: and uh, a fan of being uncomfortable... <laughs> there are definitely some uncomfortable things, but fuck, this movie's absolutely worth it. We haven't had a, movie, a horror movie like this in a hot fucking minute.
0: Yeah, I know that it's a pandemic, and if you can safely do so, I would ask uh, that you go see this film, simply because... There was one showing on premiere night that was very sparsely attended, so I can only imagine that it's not even going to be available in a week or so, probably. So
1: my theater was—it was a small theater. I, I should clarify that it was one of the ones at the end of the hallway. Yeah, same. You now, uh, but it was pretty full. Good. So, I wish I'd have seen it with a packed crowd. It was a Friday night. So that, Did anybody uh, walk out? Made a big difference. No, I didn't see
0: anybody really? walk out. Yeah. Somebody on TikTok was like nine people walked out and there was only like twenty of us to begin with. Wow. I was like, dang. Dang. And it was probably when the old people were fucking. Like, that's, uh, you need to think about that. Meditate on that, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Why can you see somebody get stabbed in the eyeball with a pitchfork, but not <laughs> two 80 year olds madly in love making love, right? <laughs> Any who's old. <laughs> we'll end on that note. Uh, that's all the time we have this week. My name is
1: Chris. Oh, I'm Andy. Oh, Jesus. I'm Andy. so bad at the outro part, man.
0: Steve. Steve.
1: Happy streaming.